everyone. Um, this is Stan. And Jason. And Yvette. And this is Black Coffee with a Little Sugar, um, the new edition. We're going to talk today about valuing people, the value of people, the value that we place on different people for different reasons. And um, we're going to, it's, it's going to be a pretty significant conversation because we want to talk about, you know, we want to talk about some of the violence that's going on in the cities across this country. Um, we also want to step, take a step back and talk a little about George Floyd anniversary and all that came with that. And then we're going to end this um, with a little conversation about code switching, which is something that we've had some great conversations with over the last couple of weeks. Um, but we want to kind of get this thing started with, um, with the violence um, in this country. Um, in Minneapolis, you know, you know, by now, a couple of us, Jason and I, we live in the Minneapolis area, Twin Cities area, and it is absolutely out of control. And it's been this way for quite a, quite a while. Um, I would say the uptick happened right, right after the George Floyd um, death. Um, and it went crazy for a while and everybody saw it on the news. But for those who haven't been watching it, it really hasn't gone away since. And so now summer's coming and everybody knows there's more violence in the summer. That's just the way it is. And, and we're faced with a city that feels like it's out of control. And this is going on across the country. So we want to spend a little bit of time to talk about that. Um, you want to talk a little bit, Jason, first? Yeah. And just to give some context, it had, it, the rise accelerated, um, over a year ago, but, uh, being what I do and knowing what I, I know, you know, Minneapolis especially had been to a point a few years back where we had no youth killed from gun violence in an entire year. So we had gotten down to zero. Um, and just in the last two weeks now we've had two babies die. And when I say babies, we're talking under 10, um, a die by getting caught in, in gun violence uh, well, they're not part of it. And so it, it's been a, it's been an uptick that's been an, on its way. You know, we saw things like carjackings go up. We've saw assaults go up. We saw a lot going up. So I don't want anybody just to get it twisted and say, well, see, as soon as y'all talked about defund the police or all those things, see that that's what made it all happen. Now I'm not saying that wasn't part of it. Cause when you, when you take, when you have 300 officers, 300 less officers in the street, that is going to have an impact. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Pollyannish. I'm just saying that this this rise was on its way before this, and this met full head on and has turned into something that um, is is out of control, like Stan said. And and it's and it's afraid and it's scary to put your kids in the street right now at some points. I just know that it, we might not have crime um, like in some parts of the of the country. I mean, you know, I do live in Pasco County, small county. Um, Your people are too old Florida. to have crime, is that? <laughs> is that what it is? It's, no. it's Pasco <laughs> Pico train. You got those old folks know there's no crime there? Oh, that no, that's more in Pinellas. That's more in Pinellas, but uh, we love Pinellas, no. Um, but just saying that it's still scary even for me, you know, as a mom of three three boys to let them go outside and play with all the things that have happened in the different neighborhoods um, across the country. You know, I do a double take when I'm 
let my kids ride their bike around. Um, I'm always looking. He's like, well, if you if I can't see you, then you can't go. So it's it's tough out here, and you know my my heart goes out to all the loved ones of those you know of those babies because we shouldn't have to bury our babies. You know, I just want to just spend a little bit of a second or two because one of them was six and the other one was nine. And I mean, I know the grandfather of one of them and he's done a couple of, he's very active on social media. He's done a lot in the community actually to fight violence. I mean, in gang activities and he's just out there. Everybody knows who he is in this community and to watch him break down like he did on TV. I mean, it's making me want to break down right now. I mean, it's, 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 this is a tough person that has been in the fight, but when it's your six year old granddaughter, that's a, that's a level of pain that I don't want to feel. I don't want to, we don't want to feel. And your heart goes out to him. I watched his, it's almost like he, he played it out in front of us all. He started off in absolute grief and pain and crying. And then a day, a day, a day or two later, he moved into absolute rage. And and now he's in this trying to help the police and the city and, and raise money, crime stoppers to try to find the person that did it. But it was just, it's just something to see. It, it's life-changing when you really see that and, and, and feel it because we all have, a lot of us have kids and I just can't imagine. I just can't imagine that kind of pain. Yeah, I think that we get so desensitized to it and it's like, it's, it's almost like it's not real people behind all of the things that happen in the news. And these are real families, real grief. You know, they had to go into that baby's room to clear her stuff out. They're making funeral arrangements. You know, that's just gut wrenching. My God. And, and the violence is real and it's not just so anybody wants to get it twisted and talk about, oh, it's the it's, the, you know, the, the standard line. Oh, it's those liberal cities. You know, they had a mass shooting in San Jose this week. Uh, we have, you know, Colorado had had one recently again. I mean, this is not just quote unquote city violence. This is, this is everywhere that it's up. And, and the analogy I've been starting to use is a little bit of a medical one. You know, this country has an artery that's been cut open and we haven't been able to clamp it long enough to fix it because we haven't stopped the violence long enough to heal and to try to figure out other things because we still need other ways to do this because we can't just let this be, the thing that turns us back to just see the old way was fine. The old way was fine. And the old way was, there was a lot of people who felt devalued in the old way of doing things. So we have to figure out how to balance that. And, you know, here in Minneapolis being the epicenter and and Monday being George Floyd's anniversary, I think this is, this is a point where we, we've been living this intensely for the last year or so. You know, I think we talk about value in people and, we place a value on people. We place a value on George Floyd. Why are people placing a value on George Floyd now? These people didn't give a damn about George Floyd before. They didn't. They would have judged him for maybe doing, you know, drinking a little bit too much, doing a little bit, doing doing drugs. 
they would have judged him probably the way he talked, the way he looked. Still judging him. Probably some mm-hmm. crimes he committed. And so all these lovey-dovey, I love George Floyd, about this bullshit right now, it's not real. <laughs> Here we go. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> Get up there. And, and you know, all these corporations are doing all this mess. And I was at the Twin Stadium the other day, and they have this, they had a couple of posters up. And, man, they, I, I, you know, I hope somebody from the Twins listened to this. Because when I was at, in the school district, and they used to have Diversity Day, they would have all the black and brown people at the far corner up high where you couldn't even see the damn game. And so that's not valuing people. That's checking the box. So if anybody that goes to Twins games hears about this, that's make that change. Get a, give them some champion club club seats or some some value people the same. Don't just check the box. And getting back to George Floyd, guys, is that like it felt like a show to me. It felt like a program, and you know I don't want to be too critical, but I mean I wish I did. I wish it didn't feel that way. I mean we had celebrities there. I mean, I can cover that. Like, Crump was there, of course. He should have been there. Sharpton was there. Sharpton's going to be everywhere with his activity. That's that's his, That's his. what he does. Um, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but he was there. You know, Sounds of Blackness, they, they, they are based here in Minneapolis, so that's okay. And it's good to have music. It's good to have maybe a, a service-type environment. Common was there. But the way the production went down, it felt like a production. And I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know. How about you guys? Yeah, I you know, I think it's a it's got to be a balance because and it's something we've always done though. It, 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 I mean, I I just I just flashed in this moment to we are the world. You know, I mean, right? I mean, hey, that was a you, good song, man. Nobody It was a great out. song, but what was it about? Like we, you we we brought together there were people dying, there were people starving, and what did we do? We put we threw a bunch of celebrities together and said, "Yeah, we've done something now." And we've donated some money and Susan Struthers or whatever made you pay, you know, had you out there paying your money. This child could live on your on your 25 cents a day or whatever. We we, we make ourselves feel better with this stuff instead of changing things. And it's it, it the proof is in the pudding. It's not changing because did you just take a shot at we all? Did you just take a shot at we all? Did you just do that? Yes, I did. It's a great song. It's a great song, but it's another example of us making ourselves feel better. Well, just like you're saying, Sounds of Blackness is amazing. Common, great. But are they are they making us feel better or are they doing something to change something? Yeah, and I'm and, probably going to go all the way to the left, too, when you get done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're and we're we're. I mean, we're getting we're getting there. But like I said, to to watch the video of the reporters that morning setting up, and all of a sudden they're dodging gunfire too, like that's telling me that that coverage and talking about it, it's it's not getting it's not getting a change. Yeah, I I, I feel like it's just about um, the opportunity. Um, I feel like folks are very opportunistic. Um, it's just all about that five seconds in the camera. Um, it kind of reminds me of the Charlie Brown Christmas where, um, they're fighting (laughs) against, um, this big production and, you know, and Charlie wanted this intimate, um, relevant, you know, sacred sort of production. And they are out in the middle of the floor dancing and skipping and saying oh isn't this a great program 
Right, but it but it takes away from the whole the whole message of what you're trying to do. And I think people are out there trying to be seen instead of trying to what's that make that change. <laughs> oh, that won the award. Oh. She made she won the award for the call out. The, that's gonna be hard to top the Charlie Brown thing. That, that's a good. I give you some props for that. Hey, millennials, we'll try to get back to some topics you all know because we've talked about some things that age us a little bit. I mean, well, I want to I want to piss off the millennials actually because they they already know everything. Ahead. So let's let's bring it. They they have their time to talk. <laughs> we talk to them. Oh my gosh! So so it is like, and Jason is right. Um, it was fitting for that gunfire to happen because you know what? It's happening every day during the day. You know, this weekend, some of us, we should we should be thinking about celebration and having some fun and relaxing. But I'm telling you, all I can think about, this is going to be a bloody weekend. There's going to be a lot of people that's shot and killed this weekend because that's how it's been for every weekend for months. And, and people don't realize how how it feels to be in a system that feels like it's out of control. It feels like it's out of control, guys. And and from the news, what we're seeing is happening in major cities across this country. So I don't know what's going to happen. I, I'm not smart enough to figure it out. But, you know, I'm already hearing, you know, complaints about Biden and what is he going to do? Um, nobody really cared about Trump. I guess nobody had expectations that he would do anything. But now it's coming to him. And if we feel like the answer is going to be with Biden, man, there's going to be a lot of people dead this summer. Absolutely. Absolutely. I hate, to be, I hate to be so negative, but it's just real good on Jason. Well, I, I, or history will repeat itself and will, you know, they'll, the Democrats will get scared into coming out with some crime bill that's quote unquote tough on crime. And the disproportionality won't be addressed because it hasn't been addressed because it's so systematized and so deep. And the reason why the violence is higher in certain areas is never talked about. It's just it's 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 given that gloss over of, oh, it's you know, and and then by those seventy five million that we talked that we talk about, it's they they fully put it on the on the shoulders of black and brown people, and the, and they use it as their as their rallying cry for why, you know, th- there are differences when they when there aren't when there aren't, and it's it's that's where that's where this is going it's it's continuing this polarization uh and it's continuing things that force people to polarize and force people to to assimilate to what they want it's not allowing people to be their their selves and get to who or what they need as themselves what do people need what what do our kids need the kids that were out there jacking cars you know what is it why is that happening what's what's the what's the root cause What's not being done? Because we can try to just, you know, we can hire a bunch of more cops. We could put a bunch more people in the street. We could put a bunch of violence interrupters in the street, you know, just unarmed people. But you're still just stopping the problem at the moment. You're not solving it. And as a guy who studied law enforcement, Kansas City Crime Study tells you directly, broken windows theory. If I flood a neighborhood with, with patrol and with supports, I don't stop crime. I displace crime. So mm-hmm. I could fix it. I could fix it right now in North Minneapolis. I could go in there and just flood the neighborhood with people. They're doing it right now. They they made a call out for volunteers to stand the corners and work the corners and 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 
that's wonderful. They're going to do that. They're going to, they're going to have an effect in the moment. But if you don't go farther, deeper, farther upstream, you're still going to just, as soon as they walk away, we're going to be back to it. Same thing that happens with mass shootings in America. Same thing that happens with all these things. We have such a short attention span and we don't get, we don't get to the root. What is the root? The root is that people don't feel valued. People feel, people have been put upon. People have been um, given less opportunity. They've been held down. They've been stomped down. They've been killed because of the color of their skin, because of where they came from, we, because of the fact that they're not white and not male in for a long time, you know, and still today. Because of the fact that that culture has still powered, and now it's billionaire culture on top of that, and until that changes, until, until that value is seen and felt, you know this, Stan, this is, this is what the kids say in school. They don't do well because they don't feel valued by those that are teaching them. They don't do, they don't do poorly because they don't know how to learn. So... So you put together, I mean, I, I believe in what you're saying, but I also feel like, is that insurmountable? Because if we're waiting, you mentioned 75 million people that voted for Trump. And that's a lot of folks. And then the rest of us. And how can we as a society get to the point where we're not just valuing people, we're putting together things in place to move them along? And that's where we can't even talk about reparations. We can't even talk about the mental health. We can't even talk about you know, the public school achievement gap. That's all we talk about. It's a gap, the healthcare gap. Every aspect, the wealth gap, every aspect of society, there's, there's so much room in there. And if it's about valuing, how do we get past that and into putting your heart and in, in, in making some action happen? I'm not saying I got any answers, but it sounds daunting to me. If we don't get at some of these policies to make some change, then it's never going to happen. I mean, you know, people can be all in their feelings all they want, but um, what's going to happen? I mean, we, we get sad when schools get shot up. We get sad when babies get killed and moms get dads get killed. But what are we doing? We're sitting around and we're crying and we're offering, you know, prayers and everything. Cause you know, I pray for the people too. So I'm not dishing on that, but I'm like, are we trying to really get behind people who are courageous enough to go attack these policies that keep marginalized people down? What are we doing? There's too much to lose for some people. And you know, yeah. you know, I'm going to do it. Jason is normally our, transition person he does a gene i'm gonna do it this time because you know i feel like the next topic is the reason why there is code switching is because we can't afford to wait we can't afford to wait for white folks and other folks to to have a change of heart to have a change of policy and we won't get any jobs we won't get any opportunities if we some of us quote unquote just be ourselves and we've taught our kids that they need to do this, 
that they need to dress a, a certain way, that they need to speak a certain way. And damn it, we had to, and we still do right now. Now, I'm not saying that's right. And Yvette is going to be really smart about this on this topic, but but we needed to do that. And yeah. quite frankly, we need to continue to do that until something else changes. Edu- educate yeah. us, Yvette, I mean, what, for those who don't know what it is. Start start off with a little bit oh. of like, for the. So code switching, you know, it's it's one of these terms that comes from, you know, linguistics, you know, to change your language, you know, or your dialect so you can assimilate into the predominant culture. I mean, you want people to be able to understand you in the place where you're living, Um, but it's gone even deeper where people hide their cultural um, identity uh, to make people feel uh, more comfortable. And I tell you, you know, yes, I was brought up saying I had to be bigger, stronger, faster, and had to dress better. And, I've, you know, and basically almost carried the weight of all the Black people on my shoulders because if I messed up, right, um, they wouldn't give another Black person uh, a chance. Um, and all of that is involved in... Um, and code switching, uh, it's 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 hard. Uh, so, all, even some of these companies who have these magnificent uh, diversity statements and mission statements, and then they'll still go in and um, have a whole lot of bias about what somebody's name is, or or even how they might wear their hair and different things like that um, code switching is, is deep. And I realize, bro, that we we have to all kind of play the game so we can get along. But just truth be told, sometimes I don't even want to put on my camera for some of the people that I might work with because they might, because I have been treated differently once they see me. Um, and not even that is, you know, how I'm speaking, um, but it's just once they see me, it's different. It's like the words that I say, it's like they lose value, even though some of my counterparts can say the same words. But when they see me, yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Jason, you got something on that? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 clear. And there's a the question I know we've talked about is where is that line? between being who you are and how you show up. And I think we talked about, um, you know, we're talking about with the kids. Like, what do I tell our kids? Like, how do I tell my kids to act a certain way, but still be true to their authentic self? And, and is, and where is it, where do I balance that? We, we, when we first started bringing this up, we've got a, a local friend who had put a post out about how someone told her that a person of her caliber shouldn't dress it a certain way. And what does her caliber have to do with what she wears? Uh, and 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 or how she presents herself that that shouldn't be what you're being judged on and they shouldn't be told that but then we also talk about if if I show up to a job interview in a ratty t-shirt and and cut off jeans and I slouch in the chair you know Sarah's got a really funny line that with with kids and table manners like when their table manners are bad she's just like you're just basically unemployable because if someone else saw you eat they would not want to have you work for work for them because you're just a slob it was just a joke that she had made, but there's a reality of that. Like if someone sees that of you, 
and that's not your culture, your climate, how you, that's not, that's not part of you, but that's how you show up. And so where do you have that conversation? If you're someone who doesn't get it to balance in that line of what is manners or what is professionalism? Quote oh unquote? my God. But Jay, look, I mean, Talk, who, yeah. who gets to dictate what professionalism is white, heterosexual, able-bodied men. And when you're not that, you already have a strike against you. So, I mean, I can have all the table manners and all the stuff I can dress and, and, uh, and have the best things, have the best education. And when people still look at me, I'm, I might not be as I might not be considered as professional as some. So that might that might work for your girls, but that might not work for my boys. Yeah, I mean this is this is nothing new, right? No, I mean, it's nothing new. Presenting it in a different way, people put the code switching as the term. I mean, when hasn't this been the case? Um, you know, but I this this week I went golfing for the first time in decades. So that was ugly. But I think about bringing that up because I was with um, two black guys and an Asian American. And I think we were the only diversity in that golf tournament, that charity tournament. And did we wear golf shirts? Yeah. Did we wear the right clothing? Yeah. Did we follow the rules yeah but because that's that's what you do but when we got on the course um, my friend Houston had his little bluetooth speaker and he was playing funk music the whole time and that was authentic and that was real and I'm sure there were some older white guys that looked at us like what the hell these people but there were some other white people that were like nodding there they were like enjoying it and so while we cold switched at times there were moments where we were being ourselves and enjoying our thing. But here's the other thing, the biggest point. Three of those guys, at least three of those guys, me and Houston and Ron, are flat-out entrepreneurs at this point. And we're working to be 100%. We're not 100% yet, but working to be that way. And that way so we can control a little bit more. And when you own your own, you can be your own for the most part. You can, you can, you don't always have to coach with as much. Is that fair? That's fair. But I will say, even as a person who is working towards entrepreneurship um, and I'm still in the corporate culture, I will still say that it's fair that even though I may have to code switch sometimes, you just can't treat me any kind of way you want to. And I think that um, you have to be smart about it. Um, you just can't show up all of a sudden um, <laughs> and do all the things that you want to do. But you can definitely pick your battles. You can definitely pick your battles. So I think that you both hit exactly what what some of the problem is and some of the that lack of value to people is. You both talked about you have to you have to earn the ability to show up in a certain way. And that's where I think the problem is, is that we don't value the fact that what those people you were golfing with, and I will say, uh, I don't get to go golf in the middle of the workday. 
Um, but um, we talk about me and my and my privilege. But I, I'm not I'm not hitting the links in the middle of my workday. But okay. But the the reality of the fact that you all bring value and you had to prove your value before that was what is going on versus others who just get to do it. And that's, I think that's where the problem lies. And that's, we talk about this in our schools a lot. Like when the kid shows up and we make them assimilate first before we learn what their true value is to, to the system, to the system of our, our education, to whatever it is, we are still, perpetuating this culture. You know, the pro quarterback who can get away with anything is not the model we should be following in our world. It should be every single person has something to bring to the table. And, and if in, you know, and you learn from them, you learn from who they are. You don't, you don't make them put that away so that you can feel more comfortable. Yes, I agree. I think too, that people have to do that work to find out exactly what their values are because you want people to value you, but you don't know what you value yourself. So you got to do that work. And so you can bring that wherever you go. Um, but that that's that work that we all have to do. You know, I think, you know, everything we've talked about today has been, there's big, big change, like institutional change. And I mean, I wish we could figure out some tangible things that we could do today to make a difference in some of these areas. And and part of it is, I mean, it's so simplified, simplifying it too much is getting to know some people that's, or, that are different than you. Yes. Like if you surround yourself with the same boring people that look just like you and say the same stuff, then then you're not growing. And I mean, anybody can do that. Anybody can get around people that are different than them. And then they will realize, I mean, I don't like the phrase that we're a lot more alike than we are different. I like the phrase that I find beauty in the differences that you have. You have enriched yes. my life because I'm learning something and believe in something and seeing something that I've never even thought of before. What a yes. great gift. What a great gift that is. A beautiful That's tangible. Yes. I know that won't that 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 might not make institutional change, but man, the, the world is big. How can we do it? You know, Jason, I think about, you know, the experiences just having your girls around my kids and me for their whole lives pretty much almost. And that that whole that changes how they see black people that mm -hmm. changes the perspective and and it's anybody can do that yes and allow people to be more curious about you so you know answer those questions that you know that people ask even though you feel like maybe they should know answer them and answer them in a way that doesn't make people feel stupid for lack of a better way to say it you know be approachable um that's the only way that people are going to learn more about you. And then, you know, have some open-ended questions about them. It's, it's kind of simple how kids make friends on the playground. It's like, hey, my name is, I saw Dylan do it at the beach. He had a whole tribe of boys that looked so much different than him. But he was like, hi, my name is Dylan. You want to play? <laughs> it's that mm -hmm. simple. It was always that easy. Can I, I'm going to throw a curveball. Just for a second, um, I didn't even know I was going to say this, but yeah, code switching is is a thing, and for the most part, it's probably a negative thing. 
But there's moments. I'm going to the barbershop today at 2.45. Damn it, I want a code switch. I don't want everybody to know what we really <laughs> talk about. <laughs> I like it's the, I mean, we call it our little our little country club, the barbershop. And I I I rather enjoy having a little bit of different talk in there that I don't care for the whole world to know what we're talking about. I really don't. Is that fair? That is fair. But that's Completely just like fair. kind of working from home where, you know, you would go to the office and you'd put on your suit or whatever you wear to work and you can do that thing for um, as long as you need to do it for. And then you would come home and pull all that stuff off. Well, now it's like you you work where you live. You live where you work. So it's kind of hard to put on and take off when you're still in that environment. So I do think that there are challenges mm-hmm. in um, in all of that that we have to navigate, but we'll get there. Yeah, ask CNN about that. That's what I was. We are we're brothers, man. Like when you said <laughs> it's hard to take off and put on, ask that to Jeffrey Tubin. <laughs> you so horrible. Dude, yeah, we, we were him, both there. <laughs> so horrible. If you don't remember, look it up. Oh my god! Avert your eyes. So horrible. He, he seemed to he seemed to master that task. Hey, hey, hey! Uh-uh. He was a, oh no, no, no we're no. not doing it. We're not doing it. <laughs> you know, it is it is ironic that this podcast has now turned twenty one with our twenty first episode. Now you want to get all X rated on it? No, oh let's god. just let's just not. All right, let's not. I think we need to wrap it up. <laughs> no, I think it yeah, might be are, time. We, we're gonna wrap. We 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 um. We did it, man. A lot of heavy topics today, but we hope that it helped. I hope we get people thinking about what they can do. And, and this, I mean, some of this is simple. It's easy to value people, man. I mean, some people, it might feel like it's hard, but it doesn't have to be. Just try to do it. Just try to do it. But um, that's all for us today. And um, we'll see you the next time. We'll, we'll talk to you next time on Black Coffee with a Little Sugar. Take care, y'all. Bye. <laughs>